life isn't always super exciting. I think I've had some really notable things that have happened, whether it's the TV or the endurance events. But this idea, my my perspective on life is is moving quick, like really quick. And everything that's happening on a daily basis is some type of domino that's falling, opening one door, and it goes back to what I said, good or bad. You know, this this girl like breaking my heart and me being down about it set me up to go home early and apply for Survivor because if she didn't, I'd probably still be in New Zealand, you know, doing God knows what. And my life wouldn't be where it's at. And I'm pretty stoked with where life's at. Dominoes, that's the that's the key. Here. It may be the title here. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We are Jess and BJ, and we're excited to be sitting down with content creator, endurance athlete, and Carlsbad local, Alec Merlino. Alec is living a big life, pursuing his dreams, exploring opportunities, pushing his limits in endurance sports, and figuring it out as he goes along. At least that's what I picked up in my research. Uh, Having walked away from a full-time career to pursue a life unscripted, we're sure Alec has come upon a moment or two of uncertainty as he creates his life. Alec came into our awareness after moving to Carlsbad, and I believe it was during one of his endurance challenges of which he's done his fair share. 5K a day, calendar club challenge, going for KOM on Kauai, and most recently plunging into an ice bath every day of the year. For you survivor buffs, you may know Alec from season 37, aired in 2018, and also in the global obsession White Lotus season one. Alec is a team everyman jack athlete who's days away from Ironman California, and we're fired up to host him in our home today. Alec, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. That was the coolest intro I've ever heard. (laughs) About me. That was really good. You got like all the stuff in there. I got all the stuff. Dang. Yeah, we do do our research. and. uh, Survivor and all that. I mean, that's obvious, but then the White Lotus, the Calendar Club Challenge, I'm surprised you found that. Yeah. Wow. I didn't find any dirt. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit. <laughs> uh, not much. <laughs> so you've got, uh, well, let's just start with California. You've got that coming up this weekend. Um, how's training been going? Um, I guess someone just asked me, hey, are you, you're still doing Ironman California? Which, if that's any indication of where my training's at, the fact that people are asking me if I'm still doing it means, you know, I probably haven't been training as much as I should be. <laughs> I've been cycling a lot, uh, but the running, not so much. The swimming, not so much. So am I going to go set a PR? No, but I think I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I guess I just do the, the Ironmans now for different mm. reasons than I used to when I first got into triathlon. And it's changed a lot. I'm not allocating time to things that I don't necessarily... um, You know, like swimming in a pool for four hours a week, to me, isn't something that gets me super excited. And so if that's the case, then, you know, I'd rather spend the time cycling and being in the mountains than, than swimming in a pool. And I never got into triathlon to break records. And, you know, it was more of like a mental challenge to be like, could I do this? So... I'm excited, but I'm a little nervous too because it's going to be you know, like a long day. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about the cycling? Like uh, I've, I've sort of seen you on um, Strava. Like you're going after some KOMs. I think you were doing it in the LA area too. Yeah. Um, and you ride my favorite ride out there at Henshaw and the Palomar Palomar Loop. So what is it about the cycling? What's the connection? <sighs> you know what's interesting is so I've been thinking about this a lot because people have been asking me about, hey, why are you cycling so much? I would say like, you know, people are going to go look at my Strava. They're like, he doesn't cycle that much because some of my weeks lately haven't been like the 400 mile weeks I was doing a couple months ago. But I grew up um, racing dirt bikes and mountain biking, downhill mountain biking. And I think there's something about, you know, I was talking to my friend, like my friend's really good. My friend Adam is really good at like, pickleball, tennis, beach volleyball, like the hand-eye sports. Whereas I'm not great at those, but then like the dirt biking, the mountain biking, the cycling for me, it's like the descents where I'm doing, it's like, I don't know if it's like you have to be fully immersed and present. I think that's what draws me to cycling is the intensity of it going up Palomar and then getting the KOM on the descent, like flat, you know, like 50 miles an hour down at like that to me is really cool. 
And um, I think it was over time, I, I was exploring all these places like LA that I had no idea about. And there's no cars out there. A lot of the times you don't have cell reception and you're just climbing these, not hills, mountains that are, you know, they last an hour, an hour plus. And it's just, it sounds so corny, but it's just you and a bike. And you just, you're it's such a flow state for me. Like everything just shuts off and I'm able to process and think about all these things. And I have such a clear, um, I don't know, like a clear understanding of anything that's been on my mind or anything that I've been thinking about. Or oftentimes I think about, like you said in the intro, a life unscripted. I love that term because, uh, you know, oftentimes I'm like, okay, I'm 30 now. Like, what, what am I going to do? Where am I headed? And, and anytime I have any doubt about that, I feel like when I get on the bike, it re-centers me. It's almost like a, like a, like a life coach in a way. You know, like a life coach would be like, no, consistency, just, just stay at it, stay at it. And I feel like me and a bike for five hours alone in the mountains is kind of my uh, life coach in a sense where it's like, you're on the right track, you know, and just keep going. So. And I think we need to follow those hits. You're on the bike, you're feeling this flow, you're processing life's events, you're getting clarity, you're feeling good about yourself, you're connecting with nature. It's like, but you don't know the ins and outs of where that's going to lead you. You just know that it's important for you to do. Mm-hmm. And triathlon was a piece of that, but it doesn't sound like triathlon is the thing that's really like getting you out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. But there's a piece of that Ironman triathlon because it is so big that, it, so it's like the endurance thread Yeah, that really, um, what other types of endurance have you gone after? Well, when I first got into triathlon, I don't know where, you know, what's so interesting is I don't know why I got into triathlon because I didn't really know what that even was or what an Ironman was, but I want to say, um, I got into, when I got into running, I came across Goggins, like most people. I feel like he's kind of like the gateway into running and endurance and that like mentality. And I think I had watched an interview with him, right? Talking about an Ironman. And then I looked it up. And to me, an Ironman was not uh, so much a how fast can I swim, bike, and run. It was more... It might have, you know, and it might have been ego driven because it was more of a thing like, what can I do to prove to myself I've done something gnarly, you know, like a triathlon. And so that's all it was. It was like, it was like you, you mentioned the calendar club challenge. It was like, I was just like trying to rack up all these, these challenges. And like, I have a, I have a friend who's a professional ultra marathon runner, Adam Kimball, who always says like every time you do something and complete it, or even if you fail, like you're just digging your well that much deeper. And then, so you go on to the next thing and like, I want to do a hundred mile race. That's been on my, my bucket list. And I feel like when I do that, if I'm ever in a dark spot, which inevitably it happens on any type of endurance event, you can just look back and be like, all right, well, I did the calendar club challenge. I did, you know, a full Ironman I've done all these half Ironmans. I've done this and that. And so that was the purpose I think triathlon served in the beginning. And then over time, I was like, oh, maybe I can take it more seriously. And I met people like Isaac, who's on my team or used to be on my team. And uh, I was like, okay, maybe I can just get a coach and get see how fast I can go. And then I, don't, I just think anything in life kind of takes different shapes. And so now it's... I don't know really what purpose it serves other than um, now it's kind of gone back to, okay, let's just, it's more of a challenge now. I'm not so attached to outcomes or not that I ever have been times because I don't really think that any of that matters. And I think that's why I've, I'm kind of going toward a life of, okay, let's go back to like the challenges because at the end of the day, getting out of bed to go swim, bike and run so I can get a certain time. So to me, it's like, for what? So I can tell people I went eight hours on a full Ironman. It's like 99% of the people that I tell that to aren't going to be able to conceptual, like they're not going to, they're not going to understand it anyways. Only people in triathlon are. And the people that that are in triathlon, they don't care either way because they're only worried about their times. 
So I'm like, I just, I've realized it's just like, just do things that, that bring you joy and that are hard, but it's just, just, I just, I just want to challenge. That's it. You know, (laughs) does the world championship entice you at all? I I think it it used to, like when I did my first, uh, full Ironman, I, 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 um, uh, qualified for Kona and then I got disqualified when I crossed the finish line because I had gone off the run course. So I ran the full marathon, but I got lost and, and, uh, he's like, are you Alec? And I was, I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm disqualified, aren't I? He goes, yeah. I was like, okay, well, saw that one coming. And it kind of sucked because it happened at mile nine. So I knew in Ironman, if you go off the course and you don't run the prescribed run course, um, they're going to disqualify you. So that was hard, right? Having to finish 19 miles. And I was like, oh man, this is like, it was like a little out and back that I missed, but then I got lost a second time, which I ended up running 26.2 miles. But so it was interesting because, you know, the world champs was always like, that's what I was striving for. And I actually think there was a silver lining when I got disqualified because that led me to then say, okay, if I can go into this and finish, I think I was like seventh or 11th overall. I can't remember if I can do that well in my full with no plan, no coach and no real like training. What could I do if I had a coach? And then, so that's why I got a coach. That's how I got an EMJ and discovered all that. And I think that was the focus. But again, I'm like, why, why do I want to like do world champs. Maybe one day, maybe my, my mindset will change, but right now it's not, it's not something I, I am, it's, there's no burning desire to go race in Hawaii. So I can tell everyone I, you know, raced in Hawaii. What about Nice? <laughs> what about Nice though? That, um, that bike course in Nice. Oh yeah. But I would rather go to Nice and bike it. Like I would yeah. rather like do it and just be like, oh, I did some incredible cycling in France you know, rather than doing something to say, oh, I raced world champs in France. Like what I really want to do is go next year and, and, uh, spectate the tour de France and ride some of the stages. Like that would be really cool, but targeting races or allocating a huge chunk of a year to do something for, um, just like a title is just like not, uh, appetizing at all anymore mm. to me. It's cool that how that comes to fruition, though. I think a lot of people get attached to it, get attached to that outcome, and they don't really follow the flow of what well, is this true right now. I yeah. think they get wrapped up in I've got I'm committed now. I have to, and th- there's an element to that that consistency you talked about. But it's also like it's okay to change your mind for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to remind yourself too. Like what at the end of the day, like why are you even doing this? endurance sport like is it just so you can say you've done these races because if like you get 10 years down the road it's not going to be very fulfilling like the whole reason I got into this was to channel like negative energy and like I was in a bad spot mentally so like if that was the reason I got into it then like that should be kind of the through line the foundation of the way I funnel any choices I make about races or or events um it's not so I can say I've done <laughs> See, Clark likes what I'm saying right now. <laughs> you're onto something. Yeah, he's like, you're onto it. Keep going. <laughs> so it's like, why the reason I got into this, any of this stuff is it's for, it's for my mom. It's for the mentality. It's for that. So if that's the, if that's the case, then it doesn't matter what race I'm doing, whether it's Oceanside half or whether it's the world champs or whether it's just me going out and doing a, a mock triathlon with a friend, it's, you're going to get the same benefit. Whether you're racing world champs or whether you're just out there cycling for seven hours, you get the same benefit. So, like, I, I don't, I never get too attached to things because I, I feel like you're just going to be let down anyways. You know, it's interesting because we'll get opportunities in our life to see how attached we are, right? Mm-hmm. Like Waco, when you did that Ironman, like it's, you know, it will just show you like where those little pings are, where those little triggers are, you know, to like, but to let go, like, okay, I did this, I qualified, but then I got disqualified. Am I still okay with letting go of things? And I, and I think the, the honest answer for all of us that are practicing this, you know, detachment of outcome is like moving through it, feeling whatever it is that, that comes up. Did you have to sit with some disappointment around that? 
my mom, grandma, and ex-girlfriend were more disappointed about <laughs> the disqual, which I get it. They're like, why aren't you? I was like, Wait, whatever, you know? I think I, um, I don't want to be like cynical and be like, I've been let down so many times, but I think it's kind of, I think it's part of, I've embraced it as part of my story. I feel like going back to a life unscripted, I have, I'm trying to think of all the things that, where I've had no's, right? Whether it's like, oh, I applied for a job or whether I wanted to do this or whether I wanted to do world champs and I got disqualified. And I feel like anytime something bad, I use the word bad, it's not even bad. Something that disappointed you or something that didn't go your way happens. I think now it's a little more exciting for me because I know some other door is going to open or it's going to lead to something else. And I, I want to say that that all started when I was younger. I was traveling and certain things would happen. And then, you know, like when I got on Survivor, I, I look back on that and I always look at life as this like row of dominoes. And I just, I always think about, okay, how did I get on that show? And then I'll like think about little tiny moments. I'm like, oh damn, like if this little thing didn't happen, I wouldn't have gone home early. I wouldn't have applied for the show. I wouldn't have got on the show. If I didn't get on the show, this wouldn't have led, led to this, this, and this. And so I guess the long answer that I'm making here is that anything in, in life that happens, good or bad, it's all setting you up for something. Like it's all gonna lead to something. And then you're gonna look back on it and be like, ah, got it. If that didn't happen, this wouldn't happen. So whether you, like, it's kind of like, is life predestined? I don't really know. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say here. But I think me getting disqualified uh, from that race was setting me up for something else. And perhaps to see that you weren't that disappointed or attached to it. Like, there was meaning in that. Mm -hmm. That you don't necessarily, you're not trying to chase this revenge, revenge qualification now that you mm -hmm. need to do it again so you can get to world champs. So I do believe that everything does happen, um, you know, as they say, for a reason, but more so than that, it happens for us. And that there's, there's no hardships, really. There's only lessons. And so they'll feel different ways. Some of them, when you get the KOM going down South grade, like that feels so good. And of course it's thrilling. You're right on the edge. I, I know that descent very well. And then things that are challenging in life, that's going to feel different, but mm -hmm. it's, you're not being punished. You're here to awaken to whatever that next step is, whatever that opportunity that's coming through. And it seems like there's this part of you that it's this, this mindset is baked into you a little bit. Did that come from like your upbringing? Um, yeah, I think it, <laughs> I don't, I try to like process this and explore this more and more as I get older and as I'm doing these endurance activities, but like two things, number one, you mentioned getting a KOM on South grade. And the interesting thing is like, I think I get more joy if I had to equate it to something it, it, like I get more joy out of getting a KOM versus crossing a finish line. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm I'm alone and I'm just out there and and it's I don't know. There's just something cool. Like when I went down South Korea and I got it, I was like, ah, like I was like, and like, and like, there's no one there. And then like you know, you post it on Strava and like again, no one even knows anyone that doesn't cycle. Even people that like cycle might be able to wrap their head around it. But like flying down that mountain and the turn, like it is sketchy. And for some reason, that to me was was cooler. Maybe that's just because my priorities have shifted and I'm more cycling focused. So it meant more to me. Um, but then also too, like, I think my, yeah, my upbringing, it, it, like I'm a middle child. I have an older brother, younger sister. So maybe it's, there was competition. Maybe I had what they call middle child syndrome where I needed to stand out. I was also told like from a young age, like, oh, you're, you're different. You're always different. So then I feel like I was always, maybe like making choice, choices consciously to be different or do different things. I was like always the daring one, the one like willing to, to take risks. And that's not to say my brother or sister don't because they for sure do. Um, and then also too, like I was given a really long leash as a kid 
Like my parents always let me mess up. I wasn't the best student in school. Um, my dad was definitely hard on me growing up, which I'm thankful for. I think that's a huge, um, a huge reason of like my mentality of I do something. I'm like, oh, I got it. I can do this, you know? And it's just this, like, I don't, I don't want to say like this, I don't give a fuck mentality, but at times it is, I'm like, let's go. You know, like I am, I'm not, I'm not scared of really anything. So I, I think it has like, there was a good balance too. My dad's made me like gritty. And then my mom was really good. I feel like I'm very in touch with my emotional side. So there's two balances. And then that, like, like when I got to a certain age, then I'm like, okay, like I wanted to take the risk and go and travel. And I think that opened my mind up and helped uh, shape my mentality and, and all these other things. Do you think, and you share this publicly in yeah. your YouTube channel and Instagram, do you think the people that follow you and are, are along for this journey are more inspired by you? Or do you think some people are like, how can he do this? How can he continually put himself out there in these positions and um, like leaving your job or moving from uh, triathlon to something else? Like, does he, do you think that inspires people for the most, most part? Or are they like, Alec, how can you do this? You know, that's a good question. I, um, because oftentimes I think about what I'm doing or like who I am and I don't compare much, but if we're comparing myself to other people in like, let's say the YouTube space or content creator space, I wouldn't say like, I'm very low level. And so like in regards to inspiration, I feel like, yeah, maybe I inspire some people. I, my content, if you will, I feel like has become more so entertainment versus information driven because I'm just not that person. I'm not going to be like, okay, so today I'm doing this many watts. It's like, I, yeah, dude, no one cares. <laughs> so it's like a lot of the times I hope I am inspiring people. Like I hope people are like maybe taking up some type of their own challenge because they see me doing something. But I think also too, and I even, I even do like people forget sometimes it's like, dude, sometimes you have to look back and cause, cause I'll do this. I'll see someone else and I'll, and I'll say to myself, damn, like, how am I going to get there? But then, you know, so many times we forget all the progress that we've made in our own lives. Like I remember four years ago, I was living in Pacific beach and I just remember saying to myself, I'm like, okay, I just want to be self-sufficient. If I could just make this much money a month, I want a sick place of my own. And I want to like a bike. Like I had all these things, right? And it's like, now I have all that. And then I'm like, okay, I need to realize how much progress I've made. And so sometimes, yeah, I think people might look at me and I'm not saying I'm like this huge content creator who's done all these crazy things because I haven't. And I'm not some huge content creator. But- um, yeah, I just hope people don't look at me and think like, oh, that's like an unachievable lifestyle or it's like, you know, you really can, uh, number one, do anything you want, take risks. And number two, chances are, if you feel like you're in a rut or lacking inspiration, it's like, just flip back the, the book six months to a year and you'll see, like, you've made a lot of progress. Do you do any sort of like journaling or writing goals down or um, any kind of mindset training, mindfulness, meditation, anything like that? I do. Uh, I got really into Headspace years ago in 2016 because I started getting, what was it? 20, yeah, 2016. I started getting panic attacks. So that was like my first introduction to panic attacks. Anxiety. Yeah, those will yeah. drive you to meditation. I was like, okay. I thought I was like <laughs> schizophrenic or something. So then I got into Headspace and then as time went on, um, I got into not breath work, but um, just more like sitting in silence. And I don't practice it regularly. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I do it every morning because I don't. But um, the cold plunge, I think that goes hand in hand with breath work and meditation because it is only, you know, two to three minutes a day, but I'll get in the cold plunge and do really deep breaths, close my eyes. So there's that. And then I think cycling is a form of meditation too, because usually I mean, half the time I'm not listening to music. 
it's just quiet. So it's just nature and it's dead silent. And you're just alone in your thoughts. I think that's a form of, of meditation. So going from panic attacks to being able to be on your bike for hours by yourself, <laughs> listening to the birds, um, you know, it really, uh, it's, um, I mean, I, I've experienced it too. I've, I've been there with panic attacks and it was this unconscious, like, I don't, I can't sit with myself. You know, it was the stopping of the doing that you see what's brewing under the surface. So speaking to somebody who's like, I'm having panic attacks, like, but I'm still not comfortable on the bike. I have to be pumping in music. I have to have people with me. How do you get to that place where you're now embracing, like when it's just you and you? I, you just lean into it. I think, I think this whole life that I've curated for myself and the life that I'm continuing to live is like, I always think of myself as a lone wolf. And like some people may like, might be like, that's kind of sad, but I, I kind of like it. You know, like my friend group is very, very small. Um, I recently decided to stop drinking. It's been like five months. So I don't, I don't go out. I never did before. So my whole lifestyle is kind of this like, you know, lone warrior lifestyle. It's like, I didn't go away to college right away because I didn't have the best GPA. So again, it's like reinforcing this life of, like I didn't do the whole four-year experience, right? I went to community college. All my friends went off. So there Alec is alone, you know, at my parents' house. And then here in Carlsbad, I feel like my, my group of friends is very small. And so in regards to anxiety and panic attacks, like it started happening when I was traveling and I was alone. And yeah, you just have no option. I feel like the best way to learn about anything, about like yourself or anything in life is uh, like, you need to be alone. I mean, and it's hard, you know, it's tough. Like when I was there, I, I remember calling my mom on the phone and she's like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, I don't, I was like, I don't know. I was like, I can't, cause you can't, I can't explain it. I was like, I can't, I can't explain it. I'm like, I just feel like, and I, I remember it so vividly because I was about to, I was in Cambodia. I just got out of a hospital. I had typhoid fever and they kept me in Cambodia before I left. They're like, okay, you're out of the hospital. It's been a week, but we need to keep you here and we need to administer the antibiotics for the next four days. I was like, okay, cool. So after two days of antibiotics, I was getting these panic attacks and I was like, maybe I'm, this is me in my head. I was like 21, I think at the time or 22. I was like, oh, maybe I'm allergic to the antibiotics. And I don't know, but I'm like, I don't want these anymore. So I left the hotel. I'm like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. And then I was about to get on this boat to go to this smaller island to meet uh, my friend, Josh, who I had met traveling. He's from the UK. And, And then I called my mom. I was like roaming, turn roaming on. I'm making a call and I called my mom and I was like, I don't know what's going on, you know, cause moms know everything. I don't know what's going on, but like something's, I can't explain it. It doesn't feel like real life. That's what I said. And then just talking about it sparked another one. And then I'm like, it's, I was on the phone. I'm like, it's happening again. Oh, and I was like in shamble. Like I was crying. I'm like, oh my God. And then she's like, just, it's all right. She almost, I was like, I might need you to come here. And like, we fly home together. It was that bad. But anyways, long story long, I was like, you know what? I was just like, someone's like, this needs to be your motto. But I'm like, fuck it. (laughs) I'm like, it is what it is. Just embrace it. Just let it happen. And, and I did that and they, they kept happening, but as time went on and I learned about what was going on, I'm like, oh, it's not that threatening. You know, I think there's this analogy of life. It's like anything that's going on in life that's hard or that's giving you anxiety is just this game. You just, it's like you're on one end of the rope and then this problem or this thing is that's giving you this problem is on the other end of the rope. And 99, no, 100% of the time, if you just like let go and you just surrender to it and like let the monster or whatever you want to call it, make peace with it, just, you know, get on its back and ride it, be a part of it. You realize you're like, bro, this thing has no power of you. It's not threatening at all. Like whatever. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, we believe, we believe it's got power over us. Mm -hmm. We believe that things should flow in a certain way and we're attached to how they should flow. Like we should not have panic attacks. We should not have typhoid. Like all the, we should not because we took steps to protect it. But instead, you keep having more experiences. This is what I, there's more experiences. You're putting yourself continually into moments where you got to figure your way out, whether it's, 
how to get home or how to get out of the hospital or how to get somewhere. You're constantly putting yourself in these experiences, which are teaching you in the moment how to get out of them, where most people would say, I don't even want to do that. I can't even see myself there because I do not know right now how I would get myself out of it. So it's like this protective system that we get into where we set ourselves up for not having experience. And then Mm -hmm. we live a life of comfort in this box. Mm -hmm. And then we're all snuggly, fine and warm. And we don't have to actually go out there and live life. But you're living life. You're actually putting yourself Mm -hmm. in these experiences to figure your way out. And you've made it your comfort zone. And a lot of people, that is not the norm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think think going off that, you know, you talking about we become attached to things being okay. Also too, like you see on social media, like this, like unconscious, everything's fine. Everyone's doing fine. Therefore I should be fine. And if anything goes wrong, you know, you start to freak out, but that's just, I think that's like the ego protecting us of like, Oh, I shouldn't have this, or I shouldn't have these thoughts. It's like, uh, no, like everyone does and should. And I think it's normal. And it's a part of, you said earlier, like things happening for you rather than to you. Um, and also too, like life inevitably is going to throw things at you that are much tougher than doing an Ironman or cycling up a mountain or getting a KOM or having a panic attack. And so like, these are small steps to learn how to deal with adversity that are going to set you up. In my opinion, for things that are much larger, like what if a family member dies, how are you going to handle that? Um, you know, like all these things, like what if I'm biking and I get hit by a car and I'm paralyzed? How am I going to handle that? I hope that doesn't happen, but it's like, and like also too, I, I, I don't know, you know, I, I hope that people don't listen to this. Like when I was traveling also too, it was like, oh, like good for you. Like, you know, the, someone had said this like silver spoon fed or like insinuating that like, oh, my parents funded all this travel. It's like, you know, just so you know, like I, uh, you know, I took six years to graduate college. I I got jobs bartending. Most of the time I didn't have money to travel. I was like, whatever. I got a credit card with a $30,000 limit somehow because I lied on the application and I had 18K of credit card debt. But I was like, whatever. I'm like, I want to travel. I think, and I always, for some reason, I always be like, I'm going to figure this out. Like it's, I'm not going to, this debt's going to be gone. And you know, sure enough, I got the survivor thing and I used part of that check to pay all the debt off. But, um, you know, it's like, I always believed that this just like this thing of, yeah, like you had said, leaning into these really uncomfortable environments is like incredibly, and you don't, I don't think you have to fly halfway across the country to get that. Like it could be anything. It doesn't even have to be like some physical endeavor, but the more uncomfortable you get, I think people are probably so overhearing that term. Um, I just think the more things that you say yes to that make you nervous, the better off you're going to be. You know, because the the fear and the panic are never about right now. It's always about what may happen next. Mm-hmm. It's always about the future. And <clears throat> like you said, if you can just surrender, it, it, panic attacks, whatever it is, huge bill you didn't think you were going to have to pay. You know, whatever it is that's coming your way, when you can just notice, have a little bit of space and notice what's coming up and then just let that be there because you add this whole other layer of anxiety onto it when you're like, it shouldn't, I shouldn't be feeling like this. I don't, or even more so, which is probably more common is I don't want to feel this way. Mm-hmm. But as triathletes, as endurance athletes, you know, we're seeking that discomfort, but it's interesting how we selectively apply it. I see it very much how you see it. It's like that full gas sprint triathlon I did yesterday and all that hurt and relaxing into that and also like feeling the joy of how much I love that hurt. I know that that's now a part of me. I can let that go, but it's a part of me and I'm going to use that somewhere else along the line, whether that's in sports or whether that's in my marriage or in a friendship or on the show. Like you gain skills along the way and they're there for a reason so that you can use them as life continues to roll in because it's not stopping anytime soon. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it, I think it's like the, um, you know, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, but it's, it's like, yeah, life is just this inevitable train that's running that isn't stopping for anyone that starts and it ends whenever you go. But, um, like through that, it's like, you know, when you look up the, 
you know, every time you like sign up for a race and you'll go to like the run course and the bike course, it's like the first thing I do when I'm choosing a race. I'm like, what does the run course and bike course look like? And then like at the bottom, you can see the elevation, you know, and it starts, you know, and then it, it like, it's like a, it's like the beat on like a heart rate machine. It's like beep and it goes up and then it goes down and it goes flat and then up and then up and then it. And I think like that's, so like that's a race, right? It's like the elevation plot of a race goes up and down and up and down. And it's the same thing with life. Like I, I think, I think it's like, you, you know, you have really high highs and you have really low lows and then it's flat and then you're just so, so, and then it's up. And it's just like all these ebbs and flows. It's the same thing in like an ultra race. Like you start an ultra race, it's only a 24 hour race, but like, I haven't done a 20, I've done a 13 hour race, but like you start and you feel great and then you feel like shit and then you feel okay. And then you feel really bad and you want to quit. And, and, and so that's just like a shorter condensed version of life, <laughs> totally. you know? And so like, I think maybe that's why people that do triathlon or anything in endurance can kind of like wrap their head around difficult times, maybe a little better than, I don't want to say the rest or maybe like just the average person. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. It's like, like the more, I don't want to say hurt, but like the more you lean into these things that like do cause you, maybe it is physical and mental pain. It's like, I think, I think then you, you realize like, if you can, if you can do something, even if it's just like going out and running a couple miles, if you can do like that one little thing that you thought was like going to be more difficult than it actually was, I think you're, it just sets you up and it compounds because you know, like in life, there's like certain things that maybe it's having like a difficult conversation and you just are dreading it and you're like, oh my God. And then you finally do it and it's like that, all that anxiety is just gone. You're like, that was so much easier than I thought. It's the same thing with like a race. I have people call me and they're like, I need a pep talk before like their first race. And I'm not like a pro, you know, I've only done like seven of them, but it's like, I'm like, dude, you're going to be fine. Like, you know, just fucking whatever, just go. You're going to, you're, you've trained, there's nothing, just like have fun isn't the word, but just like, just do it, you know? And so it's like, and then you do it and you're like, ah, that wasn't even, wasn't that bad. And I think that, yeah, like the more it's going to the whole thing of like leaning into hurt, the more like little tiny things you do, and it doesn't need to be triathlons. It's just like, okay, go run, uh, commit to five times a week, get in the gym, do yoga, read, meditate, jerk, all these things. It's like, it just compounds and compounds. And it's going back to what I was saying earlier. And then you look back in a year and you're like, holy shit, like, I remember I thought running three miles was hard. Now I'm doing full distance Ironmans. Mm-hmm. It's because you just continued to like just little tiny, little tiny baby steps. And so it goes back to your question too of like, do people feel inspired? I hope people feel inspired. And I hope people know that uh, just because I'm doing full Ironmans, it's like that I kind of used to be like mentally in a bad spot, overweight and not who I think I've grown into today before all this. I started with 5K a day and I thought that was gnarly. And when I got to like seven sub eight minute pace, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sick. But it's like, you know, and that's where I start. That's where I started. So it's like, it doesn't boom happen like that. Nothing really. It's just like consistency and just little, little tiny baby steps. It's, and I think the reframe of, of what I was asking is, is more so inspired action. Cause I think uh, you take act, inspired action um, because you can be inspired and then you just sit there and you don't do 5k because you want to run a marathon. So I have to go out and run a marathon and we get into this all or nothing. Like, I don't want to do the little steps that are going to get me forward. I don't believe that's going to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. I butt up against this a lot with athletes. I coach, they just, it's, it's all or nothing, but I think, and I don't think I believe and know if you just do a little bit every day and continue to build that momentum and let the momentum take care of itself. And back to what you believe in, which is like, you're going to, everything will will turn out. Everything will turn out fine. You got to trust the process, no matter how many hiccups and mm-hmm. bumps in the road you get. Well, I think that, di- I think the difference there is the, going back to what you were saying about like the race course profile, right? Mm-hmm. The all or nothing is like the all is the peak and the nothing are the valleys. And the more that we lean in, whether we're leaning into whatever it is that we're feeling, we're leaning into joy, leaning into frustration, leaning into anxiety, that that actually brings the way that we traverse that course a little bit more center. Mm-hmm. So nothing. So it's not that you don't enjoy the joys, but you're not getting like pulled way down by the valleys where you just can't even see how you can get up. You're awake to experience it. You're awake to experience life, and I think that that's what leaning in does. 
is is to recognize like we're all going to have this part of ourselves that's along for the ride, the ego. It's going to be scared. It's going to be fearful. It's going to be jealous. It's going to be in comparison. You're either going to be better than, or you're going to be less than. And if we can kind of look at that and go, all right, you can be there. You can be a part of my experience. Sometimes you're kind of fun. Sometimes you get me Mm -hmm. into trouble, but that allows us, I think this more, this riding this center line, as opposed to getting jerked up to the high and then thrown down into the lows so much. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I love this analogy of the course. I'm glad you, you mentioned it because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people will look at the course and be like, oh, yeah. it's Florida. Okay, perfect. Then that's, <laughs> then that's, then that's what I'm going to do. I'll be okay. But they're going to create the valleys in the mind. Totally, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I love the – I mean, I look for the – I'm looking for that. We all do. (laughs) Whether you want to admit it or not. Come on. (laughs) That's why we do it. Yeah. I want to hear, I want to dive into a little bit of your, uh, your travel. You had the travel bug young and it sounds like, I mean, like you had a little typhoid fever in the hospital stay in Cambodia. You kind of got me at that. I have a feeling you've got some other great stories. Um, (laughs) anything that, uh, stands out that really I don't know, that informed you as a a person. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, I want to say this because I was in, I go to Hawaii every year and I stay at my friend Mike's, Mike's place. And, um, I met someone and I remember them saying to me, I just wish I, you know, I just wish I knew like what my future held. I just wish I like, it's as if they wanted to know, they felt like they're, like things weren't unfolding. And, you know, one thing that travel has taught me is I think that life is moving at a much more rapid rate than we care to believe. It's going back to that domino effect of travel. And I got the travel bug early, like you said. And I was trying to explain to this person that, and like I said earlier, the whole domino thing, like every single choice, everything that's happening and like me doing this podcast, it's going to like, it's, I'm here right now doing this and I think it's going to lead to something else. And so I was explaining like, you know, when I think about traveling and like that first little domino that ticked, I remember my mom leaving the house. It was Mother's Day and I was 17, 17 or 18. And I remember her saying, oh, I'm going to go walk the beach trail with grandma. And I was like, all right. And then I stayed home. And then for some reason, I'm like, "Ah, I'm going to go walk. I'm going to go walk with them. And I call her. I say, hey, I'm going to come down. I'm going to meet you guys. She's like, all right, we're on the summit trail. Cool. I'll be there. And then... I'm walking with my mom and grandma, and then my grandma had mentioned, oh, Livy and I are going to do the Camino de Santiago de Compostela, which is from French Pyrenees to, yeah, it's, it's just like a long 40-day hike. And I was like, well, I don't like walking that much, but I'll do, <laughs> I think I'll do half of it. And so that was the start. And so it's, so the whole thing, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is like this whole domino thing, like for whatever reason, had I not gone and walked with them, would I have gone on that trip? I don't know. And then because I went on that trip, I met these two girls from Australia who, they were the ones who said, you're young, you need to go backpack the loop in Southeast Asia. I don't even know what Southeast Asia was. I couldn't even point it out on a map. And then I was like, all right. And then I did this trip to Southeast Asia. And then because I went to Southeast Asia, I met this guy, Josh. And then this guy, Josh, was the one who called me the next year because we traveled for like four months together. He goes, let's go back. I'm like, bro, I can't. I got way too much debt. I had like 10, 10 or 11 grand at the time. I was like, I have to get a job. I just graduated, graduated college. And I was in an REI with my buddy Brian and Jimmy. We're shopping around. I'm on the phone. With, with your credit card debt. Yep, with my credit card <laughs> debt, probably spending more money. And then I was like, you know what? I'm like, you're right. What should I do when I have 11K debt? Go rack up some more. So then I went to Bali and I go travel there. It's like another domino, which then let, it's just like, all these things, I had met this this girl from France and I kind of was like, she kind of stole my heart a bit and then she broke it, which then I had this chip on my shoulder and I was like, I'm going to go home. I told Josh in the hostel, I was like, I'm going home, we're in the hostel and I'm going to go apply for this show called Survivor. And then, so I feel like because I went home, like timing, like people ask me how I got on that show. I made a video, I submitted it. I went surfing with my buddy. I showed it to one friend and he was cracking up. I'm like, okay, I should submit it. 20 minutes later, I don't, it's like timing. Yeah, it's, that's not, most people apply for years. Mm. 20 minutes later, Survivor. And then I go on Survivor and then I meet Mike. That's how I'm on the White Lotus. And so it's like, I think life isn't always super exciting. I think I've had some really big, like 
ups that I'm like, whoa, like notable things that have happened, whether it's the TV or the endurance events. But this idea, my, my perspective on life is, is moving quick, like really quick. And everything that's happening on a daily basis is some type of domino that's falling, opening wonder. And it goes back to what I said, good or bad. You know, this this girl like breaking my heart and me being down about it set me up to go home early and apply for Survivor because if she didn't, I'd probably still be in New Zealand, you know, doing God knows what. And my life wouldn't be where it's at. And I'm pretty stoked with where life's at. So, yeah, everything, dominoes, that's the... Mm. That's the key. It may be the title here. Yeah. <laughs> so you just you just turned thirty. Uh huh. So you've got these thirty years that just went by quick. What are you taking from the first thirty to to maybe apply as you move forward? Because life is it really is moving pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, the number one thing is spending time with the people and that I want to be with and um, doing the things that I want to do. Um, I think when I was between like 20 and 25, maybe even a little longer, I used to kind of like burn time more so than I think that's normal, you know, just like not only just like wasted time just sitting around, but like also just wasting it on things that didn't really matter or worrying about things that didn't really matter. I think it's just a part of life, you know, someone said like, oh, 20s are for learning and 30s are for earning. I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, but I think it's true. I feel like I've learned so much and I'm not, I'm 30. People are listening. Like you're young and I know I'm young, you know, but I feel like I've learned a good amount to go into this next decade and be like, okay, I have all these tools. I've learned from relationships, from experiences, from my parents, siblings, from, uh, you know, like racing so many things that I'm excited. I have this, like, I feel like I have this, this tool belt. And I'm like going into an entirely new ultra marathon. Like I feel like, you know, when you go into a race and you just, I'm like, dude, you're going to have a good race. You feel like you're, you're no pain in the body. Your bike is dialed. You got all the nutrition. You have your race plan. You've trained perfectly. You know, you're going to run a sub three marathon off the bike. Like all these things, you're like, I'm going to have a good race. I feel like this next decade, or at least I hope, I believe that I have all the tools and I'm set up to have like a really good race. I'm healthy. So I'm looking forward to it. And I have things on the, on the bucket list that I want to cross off. I feel like I'm super focused on work. I'm emotionally and mentally, uh, very much in tune and yeah, just very like at peace with where I'm at, but also striving to get to where I believe, uh, I will be in my head. What's your relationship to patience? Uh, I feel feel like it has to be pretty good for for all athletes or we, we at least can somehow wrap our head around the fact that it's learning to learning to just like, like you had mentioned earlier, enjoy, or everything's a part of the process, enjoy it and uh, be patient with whatever it is you want. I think a lot of us set like really lofty goals and we forget that some of these things take years. And so I definitely have some lofty goals, but I remind myself, I was talking to my mom the other day. I said, you know, one day I will have the single story house with like the Dutch door and the vaulted ceilings and Cardiff that I want. And I'll be married with kids and like all these cool things, these cool trips that I dream of going on. I'll have these things. I know I will. I believe it like a hundred percent. And sometimes it's like, like, People will be like, but how? Like, what do you, you know, like, I work, you need money for all that. I'm like, dude, I just, but it's the same thing as like, I knew that debt would be paid off with Survivor. I'm like, I don't know how. I just, I just believe it. And sometimes that's all you need. I'm like, I believe it 1 million percent. It's going to happen. And whether it happens when I'm 33 or 35 or whatever, I know one day I'm going to, I'm going to like wake up and be like, damn, I got it all. But I have to remind myself, like, you can't, like, you can't throw it all back and live it over again. Like the whole journey is like the, like the most fun part. It's kind of like, like fishing, you know, you like throw the line in the water and like the most thrilling part is like the nerves before it bites and then it bites and you're reeling it in and you get it on the boat. It's like, okay, it's over. Like you can't just throw the fish back in the water. And so, and so that's like, I think like the journey of life is just, you do need to enjoy it. I'm enjoying all this stuff, like the grind, posting a YouTube video and not getting a lot of views on it. 
you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah, you whatever. Know, like, because like, it's like one day you will, like one day all these things will click and it'll be like this, this large, like business that you've grown. But like, once it is there, it's not like I can just be like, okay, everyone unfollow me. I'm going to get rid of all this. I'm going to sell the house and I'm going to be, you know, like back where I was financially and everything. And I'm going to do it all over again. It's like, no, you can't, you can't really do that. So it's like, I'm just like, yeah, patience, I feel like just kind of comes as a byproduct of just enjoying, you know, the path that I'm on. I don't, I, even if I had like a magic ball and I can be like, where am I going to be at? Or it's like, do you want to speed it up? I'd be like, no, Mm -hmm. no, if anything, slow it down a bit. I like all this, this stuff. Yeah. I think you've got, I think you've got not just a good decade ahead. You're the strength of your belief is you said it's sometimes all you need. It's, it's a lot, it's most of what you need. And then the action underlying to feed it. And mm-hmm. sometimes that action is just thoughts, you know, when people are like, how, but how are you going to do that? Like, come on, wake up. Does any, has anybody ever said that to you? Like, you got to get real, like, you know, this, you got to get back in the grind, get that 401k. Yeah. You know, it, like my, especially my parents, like I don't, they all, they've always like done a good job. It's like perfect balance of supporting me. And like my mom always says, like, get on board because like it's the Alec trains leaving with or without you kind of thing. Like he'll do it. You know, like when I before I went on Survivor, like I had written down, like I will get on Survivor. Um, And so I think I think there's there's uh, like generational gaps between like when my grandma sees it and she can't like wrap her head around it. You know what I mean? She's like, well, I don't I don't get it. I'm like, well, yeah, (laughs) I don't. I don't think you ever will, but like once, you know, once I have all this, like these accomplished all these goals, like maybe like then you'll be like, well, okay, like you can understand that part of it. Um, I don't, you know, it's like sometimes I wish more people doubted me in a way. And I don't, maybe I do have a lot of people that doubt me or I, I like haters, but I don't feel like I get a lot of that, uh, but also doesn't really affect me. I've never really cared about anyone's opinion at all. I think that's why you're not, it's not, it's not a reflection that's in you. So you're not going to draw that. Mm -hmm. And if they, they do whatever, they're just keeping their mouths shut, which is fine. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) well, good for, you know, I was like, whatever. I don't care. I'm like, I'm so like, I'm like, dude, I got more, I got bigger fish to fry than worry about. It's like, no, I'm, I got to go bike. (laughs) I love it. You are living such an inspired life, but it's backed up with you really following what brings you joy and following through on your commitments and realizing that maybe triathlon is not the end all and be all for you, but you know, you got to race this weekend. So you're going to show up and get her done. Try to. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get it done. But don't, but don't take forever to, to soak up the the Ironman because you got to move quickly through that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, running. I saw your latest video. You're about 24 hours ago. Your your run yeah. down the coast here. How'd that go? Yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> I think I jinx it every time. I'm like, I'm going to go out and do a 14 mile run, and it turned into a three and a half, <laughs> maybe less. Like, just, but I don't know. It's like, that's part of it. Yeah. It's you know, not every day is good. Someone said there, uh, there's the rule of thirds in training. And I apply it to life too. And it's that um, one third of days are going to be terrible. So that day that I had yesterday, a third of the days you're going to feel okay. And then the other third, you're going to feel really good. And so if you're hitting all those, you know, each bucket, all those in your, in the thirds, you know, you're good because if you if you don't, if you feel great all the time, chances are you're not training hard enough. If you feel like shit all the time, maybe you're overdoing it. And if you just feel okay, it's like, okay, well, let's figure out how we can go. Uh, the, I, you know, North and South, you can't just like sit stagnant. And it goes back to like the whole, I feel like the, um, kind of the through line of this podcast, which is like getting uncomfortable. So it's like, Every day, get a little uncomfortable. You're going to feel bad or you're going to feel good or you're going to feel okay. You're going to feel all those things on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Pretty I think it's going to be like, I think that's going to be a, uh, yeah, that's going to be a crazy, if I could, if I could plot that race, like an, imagine you're looking at an elevation plot, that's going to be like 
super good. Like we're up at like 2000 meters before the race. And then I'm going to swim and I'm going to immediately drop below sea level and realize like, holy shit, this is going to be a long day. And then I think once I get out of the water into the bike, it'll all kind of flatten out. And then the wind will kick and then the run's going to be hell. But again, the more, I guess like the more time you do these things, like you, it's like, I already know what to expect. So I don't think there's going to be any like new thing thrown at me. It's like, all right, well, it is what it is. Let's just do it. <laughs> so that's this weekend. That's awesome. Well, do you have anything else coming up that you're uh, scheduled for or any travel? I know you just came back from a sick trip to uh, Tahiti, which looked amazing. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. I had never been. I'd been to Fiji, obviously, because Survivor, and then we went back. But um, that place you stayed, was that on its own island? Yeah. Or, oh, my God. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It was. I thought we were. So we flew into Tahiti and then we flew to an island called Tetiroa. And then I. Uh, that was fun. It was just like an act, like filled with activities. Wake up at five and it was just like, go, go, go. Whether it was like doing activities on the actual island. So like, you know, in an outrigger canoe or, or um, uh, snorkeling, swimming, tennis, gym, or we were, sp- we spent a lot of the time there, like good amount of the time getting certified, open water certified, and then free diving, which I kind of got into. Mm. One, the last day, I'm like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I did like an 11 meter dive, which was, I think, yeah, it was, it was close to 40 feet. Yeah. So you go down the rope, you go pull down the rope? There was no the- rope. No, I was with the dive instructor and he went to 50. So I went 10 and then he, 10 meters, and then he went to 15 meters. And I'm like, I could maybe do that. And then I started swimming, like, that's fucking deep. And so I was like, I'll do like 12 ish. And uh, yeah, you go down and like talk about being present. And like, what a euphoric and surreal experience. Like that was cool. What's going through? You got to hold your breath, right? So mm-hmm. you got to hold your breath. What's, what's happening? Like, You're, you have, I feel like I was like, again, mindset. Why do I think I can free dive? I've never done it before. Like, who do I think I am? <laughs> you know, but it's this thing. I'm like, I can do this. I don't know. And it's not, there's people that probably dive like crazy depths, crazy depths. But for some reason, I was just feeling it. I'm like, let's do this. And I was just like, relax, relax. And then, and then I just took like a really like easy breath. And then you just go straight down and you're just equalizing the whole way. And then you get to the bottom and you're just like grabbing onto all this, like it's just all this coral and you're just hanging out. And then it's when you look up, it's when I looked up and I saw my buddy Adam was like just kind of floating at the top because he was watching me and his feet. And I'm like, oh my, I'm down here. You know, like almost 40 feet down and you're just on a single breath. And then you hang out and I grabbed a little piece of coral to like prove that I touched the bottom. And then you just slowly swim back. Like, it was so cool. But I think it's pretty dangerous though, someone said, because you have to come up really slow. There's like shallow water blackouts. So I, there, there was a course in Bali you can take when I was there about learning about the physiology, the anatomy of the body. And I feel like you guys would be really good at with your yoga practice and slowing the breath and understanding what happens to the body when you do long breath holds like that. Um, yeah, but free diving is like that 2024. That's something I want to get a little more into. I love how you do a 40 foot dive and you're like, some people say it could be, it could be kind of dangerous. Like, Oh, like, like that was news to you. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Any, uh, any other races you have on the calendar coming up for next year or this year? So I have, obviously we've talked about it, California in October. And then I signed up for CIM marathon, I really wanted to run a sub three hour marathon, but I, I mean, let's just be realistic. I'm not going to, I haven't put in much run volume this year. Um, cause I haven't felt like super healthy. My body's just not like moving how I want it to. So I'm trying to get healthy. I'm getting back in the gym, getting my body. Like I was saying, like just healthy. Mm. And, uh, next year I really like, if there's one thing I want to do, I want to do a hundred mile race. That's like really like, it's like the next, it's going back to like where I started. I started with ultra marathon and doing that calendar club challenge, like the 541 miles in a month. Like that's, I want to get back to that. I feel like I've, I've been missing that a bit because the triathlons have become so, um, not mundane because then there's going to be people listening. Well, like, okay, we'll just train hard and go faster and it's harder. But like, I want to go to like a much like darker place. And I feel like a 24 hour race, hundred mile race will get me there. 
you know, I want to like push the limits a bit. I feel like I hadn't been pushing them, uh, mentally. I want to be like sleep deprived and I want to see like, if I like hallucinate or I don't know, I just want, I want it to be, I want to be like on the breaking point because like, I almost quit the hundred K race I did in Zion and I didn't. And I was like crying and like, I want to like, I just want to get to a point where I'm like, I want to quit. And like, I'm almost thinking I'm going to quit. And then I like finish. I think a hundred miles is going to give that to you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So. And I think if you I select the, <laughs> I think if you select the right one, I think there's some really good ones that may, um, I was thinking Havelina. Mm, no, I'd go bigger. I'd go bigger for him. Yeah. He needs bigger. <laughs> <laughs> he needs bigger. Oh, Moab 240? Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, I don't know about that. That, I mean, like, maybe one day. But That's awesome. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, knowing the little I do about you and spending this time with you over this last hour, like, you're going to follow that pull. You got to follow that pull. I like, there's to, just, man. yeah, it's it's speaking to you. It's there to teach you. And uh, you'll be another rung on the ladder because of it. So... Yeah. Very cool. Alec. Awesome. So great talking with you. Thanks so much for coming over and spending this time with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed that conversation. That was, that was rad. 